You're listening to Shot Callers with Kyle Brandon and Joe Micucci, part of the 48 Minutes Podcast Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into not only another edition of Shot Callers, but our first episode of the 2021-2022 season. Kyle, we're back, baby. Yeah, we made it. We made it through the off season. <laughs> we did. Um, we are recording this. It is Saturday, October second, and uh, we're going to be doing actually two episodes for you this week. Um, just as a you know general housekeeping, we're going to be going live every Friday during the season. But for this week, you'll get an episode on Wednesday, as well as an episode this Friday because we're doing our conference tier lists for both conferences. So tonight, or I guess today, depending on when you're listening to this. We're going to be doing the Eastern Conference, and then on Friday, you'll get the Western Conference tier list. So keep an eye out for both of those. Um, another thing to keep in mind as well, if you're listening to this, um, we are actually going to be doing YouTube companions for both of these. So if you want more of like a visual representation, uh, feel free to go hop over to the YouTube channel if you're already watching this on the YouTube. Thank you so much for being here. Please make sure to like, subscribe, Maybe as you're watching this, leave some comments down below on where you think we uh, throw some of these teams. If you got some objections, anything like that, it's much appreciated. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube and you're wondering where else can I listen or where can I listen to the Shot Callers, we're available on wherever you listen to all of your podcasts. Um, that's all I got to start, Kyle. You got anything else before we get into this? No, no, I'm excited about it. Let's uh, let's go over the format because we got the six different categories. Yeah, I can definitely um, do that. Let me pull this up real quick. Go ahead and yeah. break it down for us, my guy. Yeah, of course we got title favorites, um, people we think are probable to um, win the title or be in the finals. Three to five seed, six to eight seed, the play-in tournament, um, lottery teams, and my favorite, the 14 percenters. Those are teams with the 14% chance in the lottery. Teams that actually have a shot at the number one pick. Yeah. So we're going to be putting them putting them here, um, maybe agreeing, maybe disagreeing. Um, but we hope to kind of come to some sort of agreement on this list. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I already know there's going to be a little bit of dissonance just because talking right before we started recording, um, I did my kind of rankings a little different. Kyle, you did it a little more straightforward and honestly the right way. You actually did a – you have eight teams between title favorites and six to eight. And I did, I kind of just threw teams where I thought their ceilings were. Um, okay. But I think for the sake of making this make a bit more sense, let's, I'm definitely down to roll with your tactic of let's try and just keep it into a one to eight. So I know we're going to have some agreements. I'll probably have to move somebody down. I'm yeah. kind of prepped for that. But without further ado, let's get started. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. They are coming off of an Eastern Conference Finals run that really nobody expected, but was really fun to watch unless you, you know, grew to dislike the heel character of Trey Young. I know he's not for everybody, but a really, I'd say, successful season for Atlanta. They're kind of running things back to go in. Kyle, where do you have them sitting going into the 2021-22 season? I have them in the 3-5 to five seed. That is that is also where I had them. Yeah. Um, I think that they're just going to be better than this year because they're getting some of their guys back healthy. 
Um, they they didn't really play a lot of games with um, Bogey healthy as well as DeAndre Hunter healthy and Cam, Red Cam Reddish healthy at the same time. And so I'm curious to see what that lineup looks like. I think that they probably have Bogdanovich run the second unit would be my guess. Um, I think that obviously Trey Young is a, is a lock. Um, you're going to have uh, John Collins be a lock out there. I think DeAndre Hunter should be in the starting lineup. Um, and so, I mean, there's there's just a kind of that two spot where do you put Kevin Herter out there? Do you put Reddish out there? Um, do you put Bogey out there? We know Clint Capella will be starting at center. So um, it, it'll be cool to see this team with, with kind of all of their pieces back. They, they made a, a really, really impressive run. I didn't think they were for real. Um, kind of the whole time it was happening. I like, I don't know if I ever like fully bought in until it was over. And then I was like, wow, that was yeah. actually a really good team. It, it definitely so, was. It was one of those things as the playoffs kept going on, you know, they beat New York and I was kind of sitting there thinking to myself, all right, well, Philadelphia is going to take care of them. Like this is fine. And then they beat Philadelphia and there is a second there in that Bucks series as well, where it was just like, is Atlanta really going to take this thing to the finals? And then the Bucks kind of, <laughs> took over but i i'm in agreement with you as far as the the three to five seed production um you kind of nailed all the points i was you know going to talk about i think the biggest mm -hmm. thing is going to be them getting those guys back um healthy especially deandre hunter this isn't going to be the first time you hear me say this probably won't be the last as well i i really think deandre hunter is a guy that could be in the conversation for most improved player this season mm -hmm. um i just really think he's he could be a key that makes things go for that lineup. It really just, I, I thought one thing that really hurt them in the playoffs was they didn't have that go-to wing defender. Um, and I think that's something DeAndre Hunter can provide to this team. So I glad to know off the rip, at least we have a, a bit of a harmony for Atlanta in the three to five. Yeah. Yeah. I do worry a little bit about how they match up. Um, with the teams that I'm putting in the title favorites. Yeah. Um, and it, even potentially in the three to five seed teams, uh, I, I do worry about how they match up in the playoffs, but this is more of like the regulars, you know, how, how I see yeah. them, uh, them stacking up. Um, so yeah. I, I agree completely. I think, I think that's really what it boils down to why I put them in three to five. And it's probably the same for you as well. It's just, they're going to be a really fun team again. Last season was kind of, an anomaly where it probably happened way sooner than they would have thought it would. And just with Brooklyn getting healthy, Miami making those moves. And I know we're going to talk about these teams, so I'm not going to give too much away, but I think it's just Atlanta's not going to have the firepower to yeah. outduel some of the higher risers in the East. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Let's go to the Boston Celtics. Kyle, I, I would love, love to hear where you have Boston. Um, I think we're going to be in agreement, but I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Yeah. Boston's a really weird one, man. I, yeah. I do feel like that they've, it, it's tough because they've been in the Eastern conference finals three times in the last, what, five, six years, five years. Maybe? Yes. Um, there it's a good franchise, but it just feels like they're getting further away from, from where they need to be. I don't feel like they're getting better um, each year. I, I have them as a six to eight seed right now. 
Um, yep. Which is crazy when, I don't know, look at what Tatum and Brown alone, it feels like that should be enough. It does, but it's just not. Um, the supporting cast is, it, yeah. you see you see Tatum and Jalen Brown and you think, oh, that's awesome. But, you know, it takes a village <laughs> at the end of the day. And yeah, I just I, don't think they have the greatest village. <laughs> yeah, I think that guys like Josh Richardson, um, Al Horford, uh, Dennis Schroeder, it's it's kind of like a team or two teams too late. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like we, we got these guys kind of after, not only after their their good stage, after their good stage, and then another team in between. And so that's kind of a bummer to see. You know, I where does Enos Cancer get you? I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I legitimately don't know what this team does. Marcus Smart's a huge question mark. Like, is he going to be the guy? Is he not going to be the guy? Um, Where does he fit in this? Yeah. Part? It's, I, I, and I think, you know, I think one thing, I think a word that really sums up this current, I don't know if you want to call it iteration or era or just where they're sitting right now, underwhelming. It's, and I, I say this really because, you know, they just had this transition of, Brad Stevens taking over for Danny Ainge in the front office. And mm-hmm. so I think Stevens, I mean, he knows this team. He's been coaching them. He knows what they need. And he, it just feels like they didn't go out and get any of it. It, it yeah. just, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, it, I, <laughs> it, it's weird. It's underwhelming. Um, the war chest of assets has really turned into nothing. Um, and they kind of just sat on their hands through every single free agency. Um, and when they did kind of get involved, it went either really badly or just really unlucky. When you look at like their trade for Kyrie, when you look at Gordon Hayward, all of that, I mean, it, it's just, it's just not gone well for them. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they're all like they're right now they're sitting out cause of Bradley Beal, just like they were kind of sitting out and kind of waiting potentially on getting Kawhi and they sat out and didn't, didn't trade Jalen Brown. Say what you want. I mean, the team that did trade for Kawhi that year ended up winning a title. So seems exactly. feels like the right decision to me. Um, I don't sitting think out on t- trading or sitting out on Anthony Davis offers the team that uh, did trade for that won the won title. The title. Yeah. I, I don't know. Would Toronto trade their title for three Eastern conference finals? I don't think so. Would the Lakers trade their title for three Eastern Conference Finals? Or what? You know, I don't think so. I think that the other teams really pushed all their chips in, and instead of having a war chest of assets and the, kind of this security blanket and playing it safe and trying to kind of hedge, they went all in. They got their guy, and I just don't understand. You know, Josh Richardson and you know, bum, older Al Horford, who's still a smart player, who'll still play good enough defense, but like. It just, it's not enough. It's yeah. not enough. Teams, it, it feels like teams they're just hoping, like it feels like they're just hoping to catch lightning in a bottle with this roster. And I, yeah, I and don't know how the, many more levels Tatum and Brown have. They are like superstars. They are like yeah. <laughs> top of their position. You know what I mean? They are like excellent. Like A, they're, they're a solid A at what they do. 
Love them both. What more do you want from them? I don't know. It, it just boils down to they they got to get some help for those guys. And much like we said with Atlanta, and this is I, this is going to be a common theme, so strap in to hear this now. They just they don't have the firepower at yeah. the end of the day. Boston, this is. So. Yeah. Peyton Pritchard looked great um, in, in summer league. I mean, he was he was one of the bright spots, but defensively he got demolished. So, um, you know, I, maybe that's something to look forward to. But, like, you know, is Bruno Fernando or Romeo Langford going to give you anything? Grant Williams? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, those are yeah. just guys. They're just guys. Um Draft picks look super nice until that draft pick is Bruno Fernando. Yeah. Well, so. well, speaking of a team, uh, from going from just guys to a team that has some legit guys, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, this team, you know, a shoe size away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Had some health issues down the stretch with their big three. This season, not only are they getting a great roster healthy, they made some sneaky good moves in the offseason. Patty Mills coming in in free agency, I, I still think mm-hmm. one of the best free agency signings, bringing in Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp in the draft, two guys that can really make some impact, especially Cam Thomas off the bench. Kyle, I, I, I think I have an they're idea o- where you have the Nets. They're obvious type <laughs> favorites, right? Yeah. I, I guess my no. question to you is, like, are in the East, do you think they're the title favorites? I think it's very interesting because had you asked me this a week and a half ago before media day, I'd say yes. Mm, Okay. I think after everything that's been coming out because of the NBA's vaccination policies, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I definitely still think they are a top two. I just yeah. don't know how far this team can go, depending on how many games Kyrie Irving plays for them this season. Yeah, but they they almost beat the Bucks with I know out, without Kyrie and I know injured Harden, who was damn near immobile. Yeah, um, no, I, I and completely I think, and I yeah. think this roster just got better. And Joe Harris is not going to shoot like that two years in a row. He's just it's not. Fair. Yeah, I, so I, I think I think it's definitely I think fair. That if you get Joe Harris at average, below average, anything that is not like historically, historically terrible, I think that team probably wins. I think that yeah. when you look at the the young guys that they added, I think they still could have another trade, which is crazy. Bruce Brown, as much as I love Bruce Brown, I, I think he's a free agent next year. I don't think that they're going to be able to resign him. I think they could move him in the uh in the middle of the season and i think that the list of teams that would like him is 30 teams long i think you know <laughs> yeah um and you could package him with you know whoever seku and and a pick or something and maybe you get one more veteran guy um you know so i i just i think that this team could still potentially get someone else. I think that they're probably the destination for buyouts. Um, if it's not the Lakers, it's probably them. And so as stacked 
is totally stacked with veterans and guys that we feel like could win the chip as stacked as it looks right now. I think it could look stronger. I do understand the Kyrie concerns, um, but it it's also hard to project, you know, what the pandemic's going to look like and what the regulations are going to look like in the playoffs. Um, Absolutely. You know, in, in six months. So I think it's super valid to ask Kyrie, you know, hey, what's going on? And he says, hey, well, can we respect my privacy? Can we just talk about basketball? All right, here's a basketball question. Will you be able to play half of the basketball games? How's that? <laughs> How is that for a basketball question? Can you yeah. play in half the can you play your home basketball games? Um, will you be participating in basketball games? With your basketball so, teammates on the basketball team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, the number on Media Day was 85% vaccinated. I think it has since gone up to 95% vaccinated. I did see, so. Yeah, I did see it jump. I don't remember the exact number, but I know it was over 90% at this point. Yeah, So, and, and the Nets are talking like they feel like they're confident that he'll play. So yeah. with that being said, I think they'll have him. I think that they're going to be the, the number one team. Um, at, yeah, like, like I said... I if this was a week and a half ago, I'm hammering mm-hmm. the yes, this is the title favorites. Uh, even now with the Kyrie questions, I'm I would still probably say I they are who I expect to come out of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I'm just a little more uncertain. Yeah, that's that's simply it. Yeah, but, how do you feel like they match up with with Giannis? Like, how do you? Because I think that like. I don't mean to, no. you know, put the cart before the horse here, but like the defending national champions, you know, it, it's kind of you kind of have to think about, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat, beat the, best. the best. Yeah. So um, I, I am actually intrigued. I, I mean, you said it best. They almost won that series unhealthy. So I, do, at the end of the day, I think their approach for beating Milwaukee, I, I think they're going to take it from the, we're going to let Giannis get his, we're not going to let Chris Middleton. Kyle, yeah. It's almost like, it's just, they're going to make Chris Middleton beat them. Yeah. Like they're, or, yeah. or maybe not even Middleton. They're just going to make the Bucks find somebody else that has to step up that entire series. And this is, Obviously, if they play each other in the playoffs again, we've seen crazy sure. things happen. But yeah. I, I, I think that's going to be their um, mindset playing Milwaukee. Yeah, I think the one thing they do have is a ton of bodies to throw at Giannis. If they just wanted to go the foul route, they could do that really, really well. Between yeah. Aldridge, between Blake Griffin, between James Johnson, who I think James Johnson's role is Giannis and Embiid. I think that he is like the the kind of like bruiser kind of guy. Um, you know, I think that, I think that he is six hard fouls is his, like his role on this team. So um, yeah. I think they got, they got some guys that they could throw at him. I also do think that like, sure. They might not have an answer for Giannis, but do the Bucks have an answer for KD? Like, like a they real, lost you know, PJ like, Tucker. Yeah. They lost right, PJ a real, Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, all right, you don't got an answer for our best weapon. We might not have one for yours. Let's just I go think, out there and yeah, kind of duke it out. I think they're going to be exciting shootouts regardless between those two teams. And I think another team that is going to be involved in a lot of exciting shootouts this season 
is our next team on the list, the Charlotte Hornets. Yep. And Kyle, for this one, I have Charlotte in the play-in. Okay. But because I know that's where they ended last season. But I have them as kind of my this team could be the one that comes out of the play-in. Okay. But interesting you say yeah. that. I yeah. have them and in the play-in and as the team that would come out of the play-in. Let, I agree. Let's go. We're out How'd you here. get there? How'd you get them uh, in the play-in? I think with this team, um, I just don't think LaMelo Ball is going to have a sophomore slump. Uh, mm-hmm. I also, excuse me, really love them getting Kai Jones in the draft. Mm-hmm. Not only because I called it, <laughs> he went a little later, but I did call it in the mock draft, kind of. Uh, I also love them bringing in James Booknight to run alongside him. I just think this team is very exciting. They were on a good trajectory to end the season. I also think Gordon Hayward is going to be another really solid piece for that rotation. It it just feels like things in Charlotte are, are going to be coming up. Millhouse, they're going to just be running and gunning, and Mel is going to be running all over the place with the ball um so i i like charlotte and yes i i know this would technically be the same result for them again make it to play in come out of the play in so it is one step further yeah gordon hayward looked really good last year um but i am curious on if they keep him just because he's a little he's a bit on the older side he's already 31 before the season starts um he's got two years left on his contract so it is it it, it's become very tradable now i think um even at 29 million but between kelly Oubre and miles bridges um i think miles bridges could be that guy really uh and he just fits the timeline a lot better but yeah um i'm just curious on kind of on what they could get I, i do love kai jones i know you've been super high on him you uh mocked him there on our youtube um mock draft episode we did yeah and um i like that they got mason Plumley, who i got to watch um a bit in detroit who will be a really good you know kind of pass, better passer for a big they just upgraded from bismack they just clearly clearly upgraded um losing malik monk but adding um book Knight, you know that feels that feels pretty good there so Again, uh, a guy that fits their timeline. Yeah, at the end yeah, of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I like this team. I think that they're they're deep with guys that are that I enjoy watching play basketball. Uh, but they're still they're still a few years away. So yeah, it, it's just kind of it's going to be interesting to see how how they balance developing and kind of going for it, right? Um, so. Yeah, it is a. I would say it's a very, very good time to be a fan of the Charlotte Hornets, though. There's, there is a direction they are trying to take that team. It's just a matter of getting there at this point. Um, yeah. I really do like the point you make though about Hayward's contract. It would be interesting to see them be, a, excuse me, be some movers come trade deadline time. Yeah, I mean, ideally for me, I want to see Kai. I don't think Kai Jones will get a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of minutes this year. I think no. he'll get a good amount. But I would love to see Kai Jones, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, 
book night and um lamello or terry rogier and lamello i don't i don't know you know if you want to run that kind of backcourt but i'd like to see that um team and that's a team that could grow together for many years yeah so i put the hornets on your league pass list if they're yep. not already this team is going to be a lot of fun to watch um another team that's going to be a lot of fun to watch as we now transition into this run of central division teams the chicago bulls yeah this team had one of if not the best off seasons bringing in lonzo bringing in alex caruso bringing in demar Derozan. already had a really nice young core to start off with with excuse me zach levine patrick williams brought in vucevic at the trade deadline last season this just feels like a team that's ready to take a a nice leap this season kyle i've got them in the six to eight seed that's where i had them when we did free agent palooza um i said that was kind of their ceiling um i'm curious to see where you have them as well yeah i would put them at the top of that six to eight seed um it it feels like talent wise they would be like in that three to five seed Mm -hmm. but uh just kind of when we get to through the list and, and look at it as a whole there's not a team from the three to five that i would move down um and move the bulls in over but i do think that there is a difference between the bulls and the celtics i think that they're kind of like their, their own tier within that little tier um i i really like that this team has four people that shot over 38 percent from three last year in Vucevic, Patrick Williams, Lonzo, and Levine. Um, I think that this team will be able to obviously shoot shoot the three ball. Um, DeRozan, we talked about it on the free agent special. DeRozan was number one last year in points per possession on isolation. isolation. Yeah. Uh, Again, the other other 10 names on this list, the company he's in is crazy. Giannis Harden, Luka, Lillard, Kyrie, Embiid, Paul George, Chris Paul, and Zion. All guys that are like dominant offensively. Um, and DeRozan was number one in isolation. So he's good at getting his own his own bucket. And again, he's not he's the only player that didn't shoot over 38%. So when you put that together, he's obviously able to score. They're able to score. That's not going to be an issue at all. I, I do worry defensively a little bit but i i do think that defense um in the regular season is is a bit overstated um but i do like that they have um alex caruso which is really nice yeah and i think he'll be able to provide good defense patrick williams will be able to provide excellent defense so uh lonzo we know lonzo coming out is good defensively so they they're able to still put a rotation out there of of, of a few guys i think zach levine will take a step forward defensively uh especially after what we saw in the usa basketball i think yeah. that just being around those guys um being around that type of coaching kind of half having to play defense in, in just such a different kind of style of basketball um and, and i think he had a good olympics i think that he's going to come out and and just be a little bit more of a well-rounded player so also, he's probably, you know, his load on the offensive end is not going to be as demanding with them mm-hmm. bringing in the, you know, DeRose, just other offensive options for him. So he's going to have 
bit more energy to exert on the defensive end as well this upcoming season. Yeah, it, it's nice that there's so many different people on this team that can play make. Um, and so, I mean, j- just because he's an isolation guy doesn't mean that he's that he's ball stopper. I, we talked about it again that he uh, he had his career high in assists last year. DeRozan. Yes. So uh, he inc- a lot of guys he increased his yeah increased his assist numbers every season he was in uh, San Antonio. Um, the Spursian way. Rubbed yeah. off on him. Uh, I think really with this Bulls team, the biggest hurdle for them this season, uh, well, there's two. One, I just don't, again, the firepower thing, just that's that's going to catch up in a playoff series. But I think just building the team chemistry, it just with it being kind of a, a newer look roster, I think you could see them maybe not off, get off to the start you would expect them to and then post all-star break is when i think they're really going to kick it into gear and that's really why Mm -hmm. i have them in six to eight maybe not a little bit higher just because i think that getting to know you phase is going Mm -hmm. to be what i don't even want to say holds them back because it it, you have to go through that to become a team it's just provide some friction provide some friction at the beginning and patrick williams's health um also thrown in there he had an injury I think at the time of the injury was a four to six weeks um, and it's been what a week or so. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the very start of the season, he, he might miss some time there. Uh, yeah. I think that this team does have to gel. I think they'll, I think that they'll definitely get there. And again, mm-hmm. by all-star breaks feels like a, a great time for that, but they do have what three players that have averaged over 23 points per game. On their team, in yeah. Dusevich, in uh, in Levine, and in DeRozan, I mean that's that's three big mouths to feed. Now they've all taken kind of different roles in the last twelve months, so uh, I definitely think that they're, they're gonna get there. And again, when we look at the maturity that I think that uh, Zach Levine is gonna have after USA Basketball, which I don't feel like I'm over exaggerating. I think that like. Literally every time that we talk about USA basketball, like retrospectively, it's like a career changing thing for like LeBron and Melo and like all of these guys, like they go to the, they go to the Olympics and they're like, Oh my gosh, like I learned how other guys train and I learned like excellent coaching. It's just like, I, I do think that there will be a noticeable difference. You maybe think Zach of Levy. that. Uh, it makes it's like that TikTok the. Uh, Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> that, right, that's right. what the USA basketball is like. Like yeah. they get there, and you're like, like they have like a shitty first game. You're like, oh my god! And then by the end of it, you're like, oh my god! That's yeah. that's like any player going through Team USA. Yeah. Um, and then I, I I still like some guys coming off the bench. Derek Jones Jr. Um, will be able to provide some defense just with how athletic he is. Um. Colby White's not going to be, uh, you know, a defensive guy necessarily by any means, but a, a solid guy with with a good pedigree. And I think he's going to um, benefit from knowing solely what his role is now. Like they're not going to yeah. be mix matching him between starters and bench rotation minutes. Um, yeah, he's he's clearly going to be the bench point guard on this team. Um, yeah, which I think will that will help with his growth as a player. I think. Um, 
and, and I honestly just think at the end of the day, I would just hope that your team is not the team matched up with the Chicago Bulls in the first round of the playoffs. I think they are that team that their seeding at the end of the season will not indicate how good of a team they are. And yep. I think they will be the upset special pick in the first round. And obviously, that's dependent on, on matchups. But again, I'd be scared if I had to play the Bulls in the first round. I agree. I agree. I, I don't think that they're going to have a home playoff uh, series, but if I had to pick one road dog, um, just kind of how off my seedings are, I yeah. think it'd probably be the Bulls. It does worry me a little bit about their front court depth. Yeah. Not super deep um, there, but, you know, maybe they can figure out a way uh, to get that patched up during the season. I also think... It's a contract year for Zach Levine. So um, interesting to see kind of how that all plays out. I do think that the Bulls are going to kind of want to schmooze him a bit. I think that that's a lot of what we're seeing is, hey, Zach, we like you. Here's our obvious push to surround you with a really good team. And um, I, like, I, I just don't think Zach Levine is that far off from Devin Booker. I really don't. I really yeah. don't. Numbers-wise, they're right there neck and neck. Um, I think if Zach Levine was on the Suns last year, I think that that team probably looks similarly. So I think that that's kind of how we should be looking at Zach Levine is kind of like that Devin Booker-esque kind of player. So it, it, it'll it be interesting this year to see him in a contract year and what the team does about that, knowing that that's the kind of caliber player that they have. Yeah. Well, from a team uh, you should be scared to be matched up with in the first round to a team that you're not going to have to worry about in the first round of the playoffs of this year, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I had them in the 14 percenter. Okay. I personally think we're going to be seeing them once again, hoping to get one of the top draft picks next year. Kyle, where do you have this team sitting? I have them in the lottery, but okay. I'm open. I'm open on this one. I'm open for discussion on this one, and I would be curious on uh, th- this. Would be a good one for if you're watching on YouTube um, to go down into the comments and let us know where you put this team because I think this team is kind of teetering, um, and I think there's one or two other teams that are kind of like this as well. Um, but the reason I put them in the lottery, one, I don't necessarily think Kevin Love is going to play a lot, okay. if any, but I think he'll play some. I do think that their backcourt has played together a little longer than some of these other backcourts. Like when we, we look at the other kind of worst teams, um, I just think that Sexland today is further along, say what you want, than Suggs and Cole Anthony. I just think they are. Um, And as much as I love Cade and Killian, I think that, again, two guys that have played together, and it's we can't kind of uh, understate how good Colin Sexton's been at scoring um, and shooting the ball. I think that he's kind of miscast as a as a one a little bit early in his career. I think he's clearly like a two guard, very obviously. 
but not always used like that. So um, I think that I think this team has that. They got Jared Allen, which Jared Allen is probably one of the best big men of these bottom teams that we're going to look at. Yeah. They got Evan Mobley, who I think Evan Mobley has as good of a chance to contribute, if not the best chance to contribute, day one out of all these other teams. Evan Mobley was super interesting in Summer League because he wasn't used like a center at all. I like I Yeah, don't they ran him out should, of the perimeter a lot in Summer League. We, sh- we shouldn't think of him as a center at all. I think we should scrap that idea. He was playing from the top of the key. They would get the ball in his hands, and he could put it on the floor. He could dribble to the basket. He could pick and pop. He is very much a perimeter player um, offensively. He is a perimeter player offensively, which is great for them. I think to have Jared Allen down low um, and to have to have uh, Mobley like at the top of the key. He played like at the top left of the key a lot. That's great. I think that's that's an awesome thing. Provide more spacing. Um, Colin Sexton is great at catch and shoot threes. He's also great at getting ahead of steam and, and driving to the hoop. Darius Garland's got range to him as well. Um, I really do. <laughs> okay, here's here's where it goes bad. I really okay. hate their wings. I really hate their wings. Um, <laughs> I just, I do. You know, um, I'll say their their wings are. <laughs> I don't know which you prefer between flats or or legs, Kyle. But it's their wings are the mm. ones whichever you don't prefer. I'll put it that way. The, they have some boneless wings. I'll say that. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, uh, hey. Uh, oh. Yeah. And if you're still with us after that, um, I mean, Isaac Okoro, I think, is probably their best shot. He looked super athletic um, in Summer League. He was definitely like, a Summer League riser, that's for sure. Quite literally. He played above the hoop. He was yeah. he was bouncy. Um, and so, again, when when we talk about kind of some floor spacing. I think that he's got some room there um, as a slasher, but he's still so young and so he's in the summer league this year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Like <laughs> your best wing is in the summer league. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that they have a few guys that already contribute. Now they got Ricky Rubio, which is at least interesting. Yeah. Um, and not everyone can uh, be at the bottom. I mean, statistically, these guys got to play each other. So uh, <laughs> it's fair. I, 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 I'm open. I'm open to why they would be in the 14%. I, <laughs> the floor is yours. I would like, I, I can explain it, but I would have to give away the okay. team I have in their place. Okay. Um, and so maybe we just wait until we get to that team. Yeah. Okay. But well, let, uh, here's what pain. I will let's say. A... Yeah. Here's what I will say about the Cleveland Cavaliers. The reason why I had them in the 14% is because they're a team that just feels like an episode of Dexter's Lab where he's like, I have an idea. And it does the like, cutaway where it just shows like the outside of his house. And you just hear all the tools and everything going yeah. like the, 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 Cranking of the wrenches. Yeah, it's just, you know something's going on. You don't know what that something is. What are they building in there? Yeah, and that's that's what I feel like regarding the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just am like, 
what are they building over there? And it's just yeah. that lack of knowing that has me more convinced they will be again at the bottom or closer to the bottom than a little bit further from the bottom, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they have like the roster flexibility that I think other teams yeah. have. I, and, I will say though, uh, I'm because... sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I, I will say, I do like the point you make about how it just, they have a bit more just years under their belt with this roster. Yeah. So I, yeah. I completely understand looking at it from that perspective. Uh, so again, when we get to the team that I have in their place, mm-hmm. we'll shake it out from there. But for okay. now, we'll leave them in the lottery spot because no harm, no foul there. Yeah. So re- last thing on them. Okay. The lack of, the lack of like roster flexibility and kind of the uh what's the best way to say this like the the positionless basketball like Lori Margaret doesn't play positionless basketball you know what i mean like that's yeah. he doesn't play positionless basketball you holding on to Kevin Love that's not positionless basketball Mm-mm. it's really just weird it's a weird thing like i, I don't and, and Jared Allen like he is a five, and that's it. Like you know what I mean? Those are your big gets. Um, I I think that drafting, um, a, a drafting someone that can play the four or the five. There you go, Evan Mobley. That's, exactly. That's, that's that's something. But just those three guys, it's it's kind of weird. Um, they're just very, very kind of locked in. They're gonna have to play two big guys pretty much always. They're gonna have two of Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, um, Kevin Love, if he even sees the light of day, um, Laurie Markinen. It's just I think they have too much invested in those guys financially or draft stock wise. Yeah. Two of those guys are gonna be out on the court at the same time, always. And and it's just gonna always be a big man rotation. Um and I don't think all the other teams are going to play like that. So it'll be interesting to see. I think I think it will do okay in the regular season. But, like, if that team down the line, you know, in a couple of years wants to think about the playoffs, like, you need to watch some Utah Jazz games and, and you know, look at how unsuccessful that was or look at the Pistons from a couple of years ago with Drummond and Blake and, like, realize that that two-man shit, like, or look at Al Horford and Embiid, even like, the, and the talent that they had. Like, yeah. it's two massive big guys. Isn't uh, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't necessarily have its place. Yeah, yeah, doesn't have its place. Well, let's go ahead and move on from Cleveland. And here we have uh, the final stretch of the Central Division teams, and it just happens to be the two teams that you and I root for, Kyle. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead. They're, they're first alphabetically, your beloved Detroit Pistons. Yes. An exciting offseason. A genuinely exciting offseason for the Pistons. A young core that's starting to be fleshed out. We see the vision of where they're trying to take this team. Kyle, how far does that first step go this season? The Pistons are the youngest team in the league. And off that alone, 
they need to be in the 14 percenters. Yep. That's that's where I had them. <laughs> just if we just look just start there. They're the youngest team, the most inexperienced team. Killian Hayes has been on this team. This is his second year, and he is the most tenured person on this team. Troy Weaver has literally, literally flipped everyone else on this team. He has selected selected every single person that is on this team. It's all new, and they need time to gel, and they need time to develop, and I think that they're going to get that time. Um, I think that Cade is going to win Rookie of the Year. That is my... Um, obvious. I mean, we'll do an awards thing, but uh, I love Cade. Uh, he's going to be my, you know, the player I'm watching the most closely, of course, but um, I think that he'll get his time to to really showcase himself. He's going to make other players better, and they need to get better because they're not there. Killian uh, didn't have a great summer league, honestly. Um, he looks... He looks okay as like a decision maker, um, but he's still just catching up with the speed of like USA basketball. Uh, he's a French guy, but he played in Germany league, and like he's come out and said like Germany is just a slower league, and kind of his strengths were able to get some separation. He has a really good step back three, but that depends on getting separation, and he's not always able to get that. Um, his catch-and-shoot threes don't always look good. His legs don't always look like they're settled under him. There, there's just some some room for improvement there, obviously. They have some really good bright spots um, between uh, Isaiah Stewart, Beef Stew. He was first team all, uh, um, all rookie, and Sadiq Bey was uh, second team. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, I have those, those flipped. Um, but they have two people that made the top two, two all rookie teams, which exactly. is great, which is great. And, and they, they've come out and said that Isaiah Stewart will continue to see about half the minutes at the center position, him and Kelly Olenek, um, which is good. They, the good thing that this team does is they realize, okay, we want to develop, we want to develop Killian. How can we do that? So they go out and get Mason Plumley. And they think a passing big is someone that can help him in this first year. Okay, that's good. We did that. They they say, all right, we're going to move on from him. And it cost them a little bit to move on from him. But they said, we need someone that can spread the floor a little bit more because that's what we need to develop people. So they went out and got Kelly Olenek. They're getting these guys to help, um, help develop, which is awesome. Um, and so I think that I think that Isaiah Stewart's going to see about half the minutes. Sadiq Bey will see a full, full slate at the wing. Um, and we, we got to see him kind of put the ball on the floor, which didn't. he doesn't make smart decisions when he puts the ball on the floor. But we got to see it more. Jeremy Grant, he's, you know, a U.S. gold medal winner. Um, I think that he'll have, you know, some little improvement from that. He didn't really get too much playing time, so... Um, but just being around those guys and kind of seeing what they do and how they do it, uh, this team is going to struggle. They're going to focus on improving and they're not going to focus on playing old dudes. Um, yeah. So it's a year of improvement. It's a year to get older year to play together more, but it's not going to be a year of winning. 
The city knows that. But um, you know what I think is going to be funny? I, I don't want to say funny about the team. I still think this team is going to be fun to watch. Like I, and maybe maybe this is just we're we're friends. You and I are really good friends. We talk about the Pistons and the Pacers outside of this show a lot. Yeah. Maybe it's just the I have a soft spot for this team now because of us just you know talking about them all the time. I just think this team is still gonna be fun to watch because yes, they're gonna struggle. But you 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 made the point they're gonna focus on growing and there's a there's a phrase you kind of like to throw around when we're talking about really any of the Detroit teams whether it's the Lions the Tigers the Red Wings mm-hmm. the Pistons you just you're like we just want a team that will fight and I think that's the thing this team's gonna struggle but they're not gonna go down without a fight it, it's mm-hmm. gonna be anything but a struggle watching that team you know what I mean it's gonna be tough losses. They're gonna be hard to swallow losses, but they're gonna be necessary losses for them going forward. So I, I still think this is a team to have on your fringe excuse me, league pass rankings because one, Kate is going to be fun. He's gonna be him and Jalen Green are gonna be going back and forth all season for that rookie of the year uh award. So you're gonna wanna at least see what Kate's doing. If 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 there's any reason, just watch to check in on Kate Cunningham. But I I do think again, Sadiq Bay. I love Sadiq Bay. I think he's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I like Isaiah Stewart a lot. I I just really like the young pieces of this team. I'm terrified of this team three years from now. Um, but right now I'm just focused on them <laughs> being fun, being the fun yeah. young Pistons. Yeah, and, and this is uh, another conversation for another episode. But with the talks about the TV deals and what what different um, different agencies are saying, they're saying that with the TV deal in 2025, the cap could potentially go up 75 million dollars, which is like unheard of. In and that'll be right is, when this team is hitting their stride. That yeah. this team will be one of the teams that is like, okay, we got some pieces that. You know, we're about to start entering our second year contracts. Um, they're going to have some cap space and stuff. It, it's just going to be super interesting. Again, that's obviously a conversation for another day. But yeah, um, it's they're playing the long game here for sure. They're playing the long game, and part of the long game is uh, is doing a lot of losing. So yeah, we're in it for the long run. Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right. All right. It is. Uh, <laughs> It is your turn now. Yep. From my from my um, blinders and fandom to yours. Where do you put your ever so beloved Indiana Pacers? America's team in the, my heart. The most the most cursed team for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I I have the Pacers in the six to eight realm and I I prefaced this episode talking about how I did where I think teams could fall. They're one of the teams that I put in there because I think this is their ceiling outcome. Six to eight seed. Um, Obviously, I think the biggest reason for any sort of improvement with this team is Rick Carlisle. There's no denying that. Um, You and I uh, had a conversation about a week ago where we were talking about – and not to give too much away with the Mavericks 
for the Western Conference episode, but we talk about, you know, losing Rick Carlisle for the Mavericks equals how many wins lost for the Mavericks. Well, I think you have to take those wins lost for the Mavericks, and that's got to attribute for wins added for the Pacers. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one positive step. I would love to be sitting here today and say, this team is going to be healthy to start this season, but that's just not the case because the injury curse has continued with this roster. Edmund Sumner going out with an ACL injury, TJ Warren's rehab taking longer than expected. And on the first day of training camp, it came out that Carol Savert was dealing with back spasms, but he told the media that he's been playing through it. Um, they're really just going through cautionary things, but still the injury woes continue to just stack up for this team. Um, so I, I still don't I still don't think that this roster's true talent can be realized. But I think with Rick Carlisle and really the um the theme that has been just absolutely preached and hammered home through this first week of training camp for the Pacers is that they really felt like outside of the coaching issues, they felt like there was a lack of togetherness with the roster last season. They felt like they didn't really have a true leader, which makes sense because the Assumed leader, Victor Oladipo, was traded midway through the season, so nobody knew who would step up. Sounds like Malcolm Brogdon is going to be that guy. So I think them having a proper locker room leader will also really help this team. It's just bringing that chemistry back that was such a huge part of what's kept this roster afloat for the last, really since the Paul George trade. I think the return of that is also going to lead to them trending back into that positive direction and back into the playoffs. Okay. Do you, do you see them making any major moves or anything like that? You think this is pretty much the roster I, that they have? I think if it, there's any moves, I pending, know, I know what you're getting like fringe, at. Fringe, fringe yeah, guys I, or something. Yeah. Cause I, okay. I thought you were getting at them being floated around in the Ben Simmons rumors recently. Oh, I was a little. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, cause I, I don't think they will, but okay. me saying that, that means they probably will. Um, I don't really know. Uh, really the only thing I can think of is now Carlisle has been pretty open about that. He wants Sabonis and Turner to play Like he's, he's a Turbonis guy. From okay. how it sounds. Now, he is going to stagger the minutes, but who knows? Maybe it's not working the way he wants it to midway through the season, and we're back into the Miles Turner trade talks. Maybe that okay. does happen around trade deadline time. I'm not certain. Um, do I think the roster right now as is is what maybe we see at the end of the season? No, I, I, I really don't. I do think uh, – Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan will probably make some sort of midseason move. Um, but who knows? I, again, I don't know with this team. That's why it's frustrating. If this team was healthy, I could probably tell you no. They're yeah. going to probably run it with what's happening, but they they can't catch a break, no pun intended, with the with the injury thing. And that's that's what scares me. I think this team goes as far as what their health allows them to. I totally agree with all of that. I think that this team um, is a good example of like a team that plays better than the sum of its parts. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, um, I yep, hundred percent agree. I, I think that like on paper, you're just like, okay, you know, this guy's pretty good. This guy's pretty good. This guy's pretty good, and then the team is really good. Um, but I think that you start to lose that when you take away 
one piece, two piece, three pieces potentially, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And um, I this think team you, is you, not Brooklyn where they can lose one of their stars and still almost beat the team that goes on to win the title. That's that's just not what this Pacers team is. Yeah, I, I don't know who carries this team, you know. Oh, we're down one of our main guys. Who's going to step up and, like, really, really boom? You know what I mean? I, I just yeah. don't know if they have that positive um, room to kind of swing one way. Um, and so for that reason, like, with it being so fragile to me, um, I would put them in the play-in. I think that their ceiling is definitely in the 6-8 to eight seed. I, I think we're in full agreement there. I yeah. just realistically, like if I was a betting man, I just think that if the injury the injury bug has already started and they're kind of already playing, you know, um, at a deficit, they're kind of playing catch-up already. And so, like, a lot of stuff has to go right for them to just kind of yeah. keep the course. No, and, uh, I, I, I completely see that. Um, I would love uncool. to hear who you I'm, have in six yeah, to let's, eight. Let's leave him in six to eight, and, yeah. and when I uh, and when we get there, we'll uh, we can kind of talk about why I have another team over them. Yeah, um, I, 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 I will, I will definitely say this. There's been just from everything I've heard with this team so far. There's just a lot of talk like we got to do this, we got to do that. Like all these guys saying what they want to happen, and I, and I want to believe it. It's just. I'm in the part now with this with this current iteration of the Pacers. Like, I need to see you guys do it. Like, Ma- Malcolm Brogdon said in his media day presser that him and Karis LeVert have to be one of the best backcourts in the NBA. I would love for that to happen. I love both of those guys. I really mm-hmm. do. But I need to see it. And I do. I really. I I really want to believe that they can do it. But I again, they're two injury prone guys, so I I cannot force myself to believe it. Which is yeah. just—that's kind of my thing with this Pacers team. I want <laughs> you call them the X Files. I want to believe, bro. I yeah. want to believe. Yeah, I just—I don't think that there. There's definitely no lack of really good players on this team, but there is a lack yeah. of top top tier talent. And yeah. So it's totally fair. I think that's. Uh, when, when I, you I will think, when I you will, think about I'll, a team that has to make up any deficit, not yeah. having that top tier talent. I think it just makes it so much more difficult. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into this when we talk about the Sixers, but I will definitely say this here and now. If if Ben Simmons got traded to the Pacers, I would absolutely love it. I, oh, I yeah, definitely think he would I think he would be a great fit on this roster. That's a conversation for another day. We could probably do a whole episode on Ben Simmons trade scenarios. I don't want to do that, but R- we could real quick, what what do you what do you see as like a I honestly think it would it would have to be. In. It would have to be. It would have to be one of the two centers, like probably Turner, Turner. or Turner, Brogdon, or Karis, Karis Levert. I I think it would be one of those three guys. That would that would have to be parts of it. But okay, let's let's Just move curious. on because well, this yeah, that's a that's a trade machine rabbit hole that I'm not ready to get down <laughs> at okay. this time. Let's move on to a team that. In my notes for this, when I did my prep, I literally wrote down, this is like one of Kyle's teams. I'm just going to let him go because I probably agree. If I don't agree, I'll be shocked. But the Miami Heat, I will tell you I have them in the three to five seed range. Kyle, where do you have this team? 
I have them at the top of the three to five seed range. Okay. Um, I do really like this team. I think that this team <laughs> yeah. is very, very well thought out um, when constructed. I love the the kind of two identities I think of when I think of this team. The offensive identity, um, if they want to run Lowry, Duncan Robinson, and um, and Tyler Hero, and just have three guys that can absolutely shoot the ball. If they want to pick two of those guys, which I think that their their best two is is Duncan Robinson and Lowry. If they want to pick those two, and they want to go with more defensive minded, they could on the court they could run, you know, Lowry, uh, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler, which is scary defensively. Um, I just see I just see a world where they have the three best offensive guys, or I see them having the three best defensive guys. Like literally the three best in in a lot of matchups, yeah, and that's really advantageous for them. Um, I think that Tyler Hero is kind of falling back down to earth. He's kind of just he's a regressing guy. to the regressing to, to the, the main. main. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's probably just a better version of Luke Kennard, which is totally fine. Luke Kennard had a good playoffs last year, you know, in, in the when he wasn't DNP'd, but like. He was fine, but we're kind of over like the whole we're not trading you for James Harden thing. I think that ship has sailed. I don't see a world where he becomes Zach Levine or Devin Booker or anything like that. I just don't. And that's okay. I think that he's probably a guy that comes off the bench. And and again, totally fine, but just more of a realistic approach to it. P.J. Tucker, I don't love during the regular season, but I do like him in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Getting a guy that I think had the P in most... P.J. Tucker stands for playoffs. I'm oh, convinced yeah. at this point. Yeah, or pain in Kevin Durant's ass because that was, yeah, that too. His, that was his entire role, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and when we talk about... I don't mean to, like, spoil anything. Like, last year, the three best teams in the East... Were the Nets, the Bucks, and the Sixers, and they were the three best teams because they had the three best players in Giannis, Embiid, and KD. And so, if again, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. How do you beat Giannis? I think a really good place to start would be um, Bam Adebayo. I think that that's. I mean, we saw what he did two years ago in the bubble. Now, last year didn't go great. Didn't go great. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um. But Giannis, in, in his games against Miami, when he's matched up with Bam, he's averaging just 21 points a game. That's a, that's a huge win. 21 points a game of course. for Giannis, you take that every time. Um, Embiid, when Adebayo's been matched up with him, um, they only played once last year. Bam had 18 points, 12 boards, and 8 assists. Embiid, 6 points, 2 rebounds, and 1 assist. Small sample size, I get it. And beats the obvious better player. But if you can slow these guys down, which almost seems like an impossible feat, if you can slow them down, you're going to be in the game. I think you are. Yeah. PJ Tucker on Kevin Durant for 59 minutes last year. KD, in my opinion, best player in the world, top two best player in the world, whatever you want to put him, averaged just 13 points per game, shooting 45% from the field and 11 turnovers in the 59 minutes. 
they have answers to the biggest thing you need answers for in this conference. Um, and that's more of a playoff thing. But I really like it. I really like it. You're also, <laughs> it, there's one other thing you're forgetting when it comes to the Heat, when it comes to matchups in general. They have one of the best coaches in the game. They mm-hmm. have Eric Spolstra, who I forget the number that I threw out, but it's like 98% of the time you're going to want to take Spo over the guy that's on the other sideline. Yeah, or in definitely. the other bench, yeah. in this case. I I mean, this team is a team of dogs. Eric Spolstra thrives when he has a team of dogs. I, I mean, yep. I, I do really like this this Miami team. Excuse me. I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they took out Brooklyn or Milwaukee in a playoff series. It, it really is, again, just I, I think they are a matchup nightmare for both of those teams. Uh, I think the only thing that worries me, and I this is a loose worry, I don't know how they fare if a series turns into shootouts, um, but I also think they have the ability to manipulate a series to prevent that from happening. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a real concern, um, the shootout yeah. thing. I, I think that it's a little, I think it's really understated. How yeah. bad of a three-point shooter Jimmy Butler is. The nickname Jimmy Buckets. Mm. <laughs> he is as bad Bulls as Bulls fans worse. can be convincing when they think of a good nickname. He is as bad at shooting threes as Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Last year he shot 24%. The year before that, he shot 24% from three. That you are now at the range where it is like probably just don't shoot. Probably just don't shoot those. The threat, the threat thing kind of goes away once you get around 24%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the whole teams are happy if you're settling for a three at that point. The keep them true doesn't really work when when you're looking at that. Now you're averaging like less than, like clearly less than a point per possession. You know, off those three-point attempts. Yeah. Averaging less than a point per possession is, you know, if you're averaging 0.8 points per possession on those shots, just take a take a mid-range jumper. Yeah. At that point. But, I, again, Butler has clear value. We saw what he did in the, uh, of in the finals, at, you know, two years ago against the Lakers. He can score, but in the shootout, um, in the shootout category, I, I do worry about that a little bit. It's a yeah. it's an obvious weakness that I don't think is talked about enough. Yeah. Well, from Miami to a team that they're going to be trying to knock off this season. In fact, it's the team that everybody's going to be trying to knock off. The reigning champion, Milwaukee Bucks. I, I don't think we need to try and throw any type of softball or try to throw people off they're a title favorite again you're the defending champ they're basically just running it back minus pj tucker this season Giannis is uh still the same guy that's coming off a 50 piece in game six of the finals um i mean what's more to say about the bucks that probably hasn't already been said a thousand times at this point this team is really really fucking good yeah, you lose P.J. Tucker, 
which again, I think you'll start to feel in the playoffs a little bit. Um, but you get back Dante DiVincenzo, which is huge. Rodney Hood yep. is added to this team. Uh, Grayson Allen uh, is added. I don't think that this bench provides a lot of defense, which would be my only concern. Yeah. Um, but I think that this bench could score. When you when you look at bringing out a bench of like DiVincenzo, George Hill, Bobby Portis, Rodney Hood, some buckets will be gotten. But oh yeah, um, they will also be given up as well. <laughs> yeah, so I think that this team will be you know near the top, if not the top, defensively, just because of how strong their their starters are. Of course. Um, but you know what else is there to say about this team? I, I guess my only thing is like, are we underrating them? Uh, should we be putting them as the the title favorites? Should are they I don't one think of so. the title favorites? Okay. I I I, like, I don't either. I don't. Either. I, I just want to. I think that it is Brooklyn. I think it's Brooklyn. We, we, we talked about Brooklyn at the very top. I, I'm confident. I'm confident yeah. in putting Brooklyn number one. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's. Milwaukee benefited from a shoe size being one size too big. And I, I'm I, this makes it sound like I'm trying to take it away from what they did last offseason or last postseason. And I, I truly don't mean it this way. I'm just saying mm-hmm. we saw how Brooklyn took them to the limit without right. being fully healthy. Yeah, they, Brooklyn, I mean, they deserve If Brooklyn is fully deserved- healthy, Brooklyn is the better team. I agree. Yeah. I agree. They deserve to win that final series. hundred and thirty percent. They, they did, did they deserve to win the Eastern Conference final series? It was a gutty performance after losing Giannis, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I see it as Brooklyn is one and, and Milwaukee is two. I don't really see it as a one A, one B thing. No. Um I see it as a one and two there. Yeah. But gap's I mean, not Gian- it's, it's 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 not a big gap. But yeah. there is still a yeah. gap. Giannis should be the MVP favorite this year, next year, the year after, probably. <laughs> like, yeah, he's gonna do great things in the regular season. We've seen him on like a pitch count of twenty-eight minutes a game, and the production that he gets out of twenty-eight minutes per game is absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers. Shaq esque numbers. So, um, yeah, I'm I, I I'm so excited for the NBA to be back just because I'm so excited to watch Giannis play basketball again. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just so much fun to watch that dude play. Yeah. And, and, uh, I know you already said it, but just friendly reminder, they had a 50 piece in, um, in a series winning game and not just a series winning game, the series to win the whole damn thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like he literally put up 50, um, and then went on FaceTime to call his teammate, best friend, and brother. Um, so, and then went to Chick Fil A the next morning. It, it just, yeah, we love. He's different. Listen, we're he's we different. Love we love him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, from a team that please, was, please, please, can we get that as the Eastern right. Conference Finals? Please, no injuries. Please, can I just see these teams play? That's all. NBA scriptwriters, come on now. Please, let it happen. Come on, let it happen. All right. From a team that was very easy to slot to a team that I personally was going back and forth with. Okay. Um, 
in two areas, basically. Um, New York Knicks. Now, again, I wasn't doing this mathematically. I had them in the six to eight. Again, just based off of, I think this is where their ceiling is. But I could also see them being a play-in team. Kyle, where do you have New York? So, I had them in the six to eight seed. And because in my hypothetical um, tier list, Charlotte mm-hmm. can't play themselves in the play-in tournament. Of course. I had Charlotte playing the Pacers. Okay. So I you had have, the Knicks over the Pacers. You have the Knicks over the Pacers. And here, Which that would be, I would probably have yeah. them flipped. I would have the Pacers over the Knicks. So that's, yeah. why do you have the Knicks above the Pacers? Yes. Uh, Knicks, already a playoff team. I do think that they were um, kind of punching above their weight class a bit. I think that that kind of got shown. Um, But I think that they were doing that with a pretty weak backcourt in Emmanuel Quickly and, like, Derrick Rose was kind of, like, the crux of their backcourt, which Derrick Rose wasn't in the league in, like, 2018 for a little while. You know, like, he was just, like, eh. Like, ah, I hope I could play basketball again, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> and then a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emmanuel quickly was also not in the league a couple years ago because he was just in college and he's so young. And yeah. so I, I think that this team, adding Evan Fournier, adding Kemba Walker, say whatever you want about Kemba Walker and, and if he's washed or not, a washed version of Kemba Walker is still the best guard on this team uh, by a considerable amount, in my opinion. Um, I also think Obi Toppin played well below expectations. Um, Kevin Knox played below, like, imaginable expectations. And Mm -hmm. so I think with any positive regression, which I would expect from guys that early in their career that you'll get, I think that they'll take a step. I think that R.J. Barrett... I think we see him take a noticeable step. Um, and Julius Randle is not going to get the same performance, you know, the same numbers, same output that he got last year. But what do you average? 38 minutes a game? That's unheard of. It's not mm-hmm. necessary. You know, do I think that he'll do the same things that he did in 38 minutes? I, I think that he'll still do them for 32 minutes. But the numbers will go down because it's only 32 minutes instead of 38. Yeah. So um, he'll drop off a little bit, but it's fine. I think that there are other guys, specifically more in their backcourt, where they're not going to have to be so frontcourt heavy. I think there will be guys in their backcourt that will help pick it up. Um, And so I think that this team takes a step forward. They got playoff experience. It was pretty bad experience. It was pretty pretty bad. Yeah. Um, But they got some. And... um, and I think that that's kind of the expectations for this team. They know that they're a playoff team because they were in the playoffs. And so, so you think going, it's more or less they they do regress, but they've added enough to where it's not gonna have it all no, fall down. No, I basically. don't. I don't necessarily think they're gonna regress. I think that like yeah. I I think well, regress that, in the sense of they're gonna have a lower seed than where they were last season. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They got they went they got really hot. They got really hot. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I think if you take that out and again, Julius Randall will, I think, come back down to earth a little bit, but I think 
we were probably a little closer to seeing the real Julius Randle last year than I think we've seen the other years. So, let me um, ask you this: If both these rosters are, and I'm just talking about the Knicks and Pacers, both rosters completely healthy. Let Let's say by the powers that be, these teams are healthy. Which team do you think is has more talent, or I mean, which team would you take between the Pacers and the Knicks? Fully healthy, though, and then you're talking about Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose. Okay. I don't. I I think it'd be a seven game series, and it can be whoever. Okay. I just I just think going into the season, if if I knew the Knicks had injuries already, like multiple injuries, and you know. But I, I think that this team is okay. No, I, I, yeah. I completely get that. So it's yeah. you think these teams are way more even than I do, as far as like if they're both ha- talent. I think the Pacers are a clear cut talent favorite over the Knicks, okay. and I, I get that's probably hard to buy because you know I'm a Pacers fan. But I, I do think talent level wise, I think the Pacers are the better team there. But Rainbow's I also am the person top that ten in MVP voting last year, right? Probably top yeah. ten. Do yeah. you think that the Pacers could have a guy that's top ten in MVP voting? Demontis Sabonis. Okay. Uh, that's fair. Uh, as much as I complain about Sabonis, I I do also think he's a guy that, if the team was winning enough games, yeah. I mean, you put Sabonis put Sabonis on the Knicks and have him put up those types of numbers. To I mean, you could also say that Julius Randle's MVP votes came as a benefit from him playing for the Knicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it that's that's neither here nor there. But I will, as the person that literally just said I want to believe but can't for the Pacers, I I can say they can go down in the play-in based yeah. off of kind of what you're saying with the Knicks there. So we'll drag them down. Just but do of- let us know. Yeah, I, I will say let us know between yeah. these two teams specifically, between the Pacers and the Knicks, which would you have in the 6-8 to eight seed? Which would you have in the play-in? Would you have both? I mean – just let us know, because this it, this was definitely probably the most contentious one we have. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and move on, because uh, we're already at an hour and 18 minutes on this thing. <laughs> um, so the Orlando Magic, a team that is at the start of a rebuild, but they are off to a really good start. Um, they bring in Jalen Suggs. And Franz Wagner in the draft, they unload the Otto Porter Jr. contract. And really, for the first time in a minute, there seems to be a clear vision for the Magic going forward. Um, But there is a but with this team. It's the start. Kyle, I have this team as a lottery team. They they are the team I have in the lottery over the Cavs. Okay. Um, So this is kind of the aforementioned team I was talking about. My reasoning lies solely in Jalen Suggs. Um, I simply think that dude's competitive spirit, one, I think he is going to be right in the thick of things for that rookie of the year race. Not in the sense that I think he will snatch it from Cade or Jalen Green. I think those are the two clear-cut favorites, but you know, like there's always that guy that really just finds a way to force himself into that conversation 
I, mm. I think it's going to be Jalen Suggs. I, I really, I said this in draft season. I really felt that if, by the grace of God, Jalen Suggs fell to the Magic, it would be the absolute best case scenario for them. And by God, it happened. Um, yeah. So I, I really just think it falls more on that that X factor with him. Um, I do think he's just going to be able to pull a few extra wins out for them. That's going to eke them. I think it's close still between the two. I just think the Magic will have the better record between them and Cleveland. Um, okay. So that's that's where I sit with the Magic. But, again, I I can see them as a 14-percenter, too. I'm cool with putting – I'm cool with uh... – Putting the magic over the cats, um, really. In this, I, I like, I like the guys on the magic, and mm-hmm. I like. I think that their roster is deep with like guys that are pretty good. Yeah, I just have no idea how their rotation works out. Like that's just totally re- fair. Real quick, in guards, pick two. Okay. Okay. Pick two to start. Well, you know Jalen Suggs is going to be one of okay. those two. So just go ahead. So you get, you get so one more. Me, yeah, yeah, who's my second? Okay. You get one more. Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, uh, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, or RJ Hampton? I'd say I'm probably going with, Cole Anthony, I, I, but Gary see, Harris? I, I was like, going to say Gary Harris. Yeah, um, Gary Harris feels like he should I'm gonna, make a $20 gonna million roll, a year. I'm going to roll with... with uh, with Indianapolis's finest, Gary Harris, on that Michigan one. State alum. Michigan State. See what's not to like about the guy? A great um, guy. Remember, actually, he's a guy. This is. I don't want to sidebar on Gary Harris too long, but remember you and I watching that that Phoenix Denver series, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how like, man, it really feels like the Nuggets could use Gary Harris right about now. Yeah, they're <laughs> Gary Harris away. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I would probably say Gary Harris is going to be their starting okay. guard next to Jalen Suggs, so, which that's that's a pretty nice backcourt. <laughs> yeah. So then then their backup and Terrence Ross could probably play the three, but yeah, then they're probably going to play. I, I can see them playing a small lineup. Bolts, Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton. It's kind of a logjam there. I also think yeah. they have a logjam. They have a logjam at guys that are really just centers in yeah. Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, um, and Robin Lopez. I Maybe think, Robin Lopez doesn't really play a lot. Maybe Obama. Like, I, yeah. Who's, Kyle, who's you're better with you're you're much better with this than I am. So I will defer to you here. Is is the Gary Harris contract tradable? I think so. Twenty million a okay. year. Because I, I, so, I, I was but, just gonna say, I I bet you what they're gonna what their plan is probably gonna be is start Gary Harris to build some trade value and then probably flip him around deadline yeah. time get him to a contender um I, I think the dude deserves that i don't think he's in their timeline for this rebuild but he is a solid backcourt mate for jalen suggs to start his career next to well terrence ross is it feels like it too i mean yeah feels like the Both most guys. the most clear-cut like gonna be traded guy in the league this yeah. year right 30 years yeah. old He's got two years left on his contract. Thirty years old, only twelve million dollars left. D guy that they, comes like, in and he always has that one playoff any, game where it's like any team, us. yeah, any team. You can see him yeah. going to any of these teams. So Magic are um, definitely going to be movers at the deadline. That's that's definitely yeah. a. And for me, it's a tougher vision to see 
Okay. Just because, again, like, is Gary Harris playing or is he not going to play? Is Terrence Ross going to be playing or is he not going to play? Like, these are kind of like major questions on if they're a lottery team or a 14% team. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll rock with you. Let's uh, let's let's throw him in the lottery. I like Jalen Suggs. I'm rolling with you. I think he's uh, I think he's second place in uh, in rookie of the year, right ahead I of like- uh, uh, what's uh, <laughs> what's the guy that didn't get drafted by the Pistons and runs his mouth, whatever his name is. Ah, uh, the spite second place. <laughs> ah, yes. His name's Jalen Green. That's it. That's so you. It. Wouldn't you want Jalen Green to come second to Cade again in this scenario, though? Just no, as a reminder. Can... No. Okay. No. Okay. I'm a. All right. I'm a fuck with no. you. <laughs> I... All right. I... Listen, I we've I know we want to put it off, but we got to do it. Okay. Let's let's talk about the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Number now, one seed last year. Yeah. Again. October 2nd is the day we are recording this. This episode drops on, let me double check my calendar. Um, Wednesday is the 6th of October, if I've got the days right. If something happens between now and October 6th, this is your disclaimer. But as of right now, Ben Simmons is still a Philadelphia 76er. He says he's not going to play for the 76ers. So we'll see how that shakes out. At this moment... I have the 76ers as a three to five seed. I do too. Uh, number four, I think they're probably just ahead of the Hawks. I, okay. Number one seed last year. Um, I think, to be honest, I think that whatever they get back, and, and they'll get something back because he will be traded, in my opinion. Yeah. Whatever they get back, I still think they're going to be in three to five seed. I don't, that, think they're I, getting, I, I don't think they're getting Dame, but like what, whatever they're getting... I think will be enough, and I think Embiid is enough okay. to where they should be in the three to five seed. I'm glad you said that because that was kind of going to be my first pseudo question with them is depending on what they get for Ben Simmons, how far do they drop here, or do you still have them staying there? So I actually I think I agree with that as well. Um, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I believe in Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Oh, my God, I said his name wrong. I'm so sorry, Joel. But take that as you will, Kyle. But I believe in Joel Embiid this season. So I do too. Yeah. So I um I I do think this this team still stays in the three to five range. Now, whether Sixers fans are happy about that, who who fucking knows? Um, but yeah, I think when, this team still talent wise. When healthy, Joel Embiid looked like. The best the player in the league, the MVP. Like yeah. he looked like the MVP last year when he was healthy. Yeah. And let's, I mean, let's assume most health for you know health for most of the season for him. He has Drummond backing him up, which okay, that, he can at least relieve him, um, you know, and they can feel comfortable sitting and be down for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, with Drummond on the team, whatever jokes we want to make about Drummond, insert them here. But like, he, coming off the bench is probably the best spot for him behind Embiid. There you go. Uh, I always wanted to play with Joel Embiid. <laughs> well, he has always played with you, uh, <laughs> like a little toy. So I was I was at that game where uh, where he 
just embarrassed emotionally and mentally. He embarrassed and beat uh, Drummond, got him thrown out of the game, and then went on Instagram after and tweeted that he had uh, he owned uh, real estate in his head. I was at that game in Detroit. Fun fact: the Incredible. Pistons won. Blake Griffin put up fifty. So, um, anyways, winner all around for you that night. Real, uh, honestly, best case scenario. Yeah. Um, I think that this team, Tobias Harris, it's not worth forty million dollars as much as I like no, the sir. guy, but still a really talented guy. Still, I'm still really glad enough. that I'm really glad that Joel came out to the media this week and said we let Jimmy Butler walk for this guy. And so it's like, it's, it's, I, I love that he was just like, yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> Not about yeah. Tobias Harris, of course. It's talking about how they've kept everything kosher for Ben Simmons. Um, yeah. But just you saying the Tobias Harris thing just brings it fresh back into my head. Great, great quote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a full believer in, in Embiid, and I, I honestly want to see more of him, like, featured. Yeah. Um, I want him to get the ball on t- on every possession. I want him to get a touch. Like, let's fully let's double down on this Embiid thing. And yeah. Mori Mori is a guy who plays the points per possession thing so much. Whereas, I mean, he said it with Harden on his team. He was like, in NBA history, nobody is better at scoring the ball statistically than James Harden because he averaged the most points per possession. I would like to see how much Daryl Morey can kind of manipulate that points per possession thing with Joel Embiid. Yeah. And and how kind of far he can push that with that dominant uh big man. And when he stops taking so many so many like uh the, the kind of weak threes from the top of the key and just uh yeah, I I I'd like to really really see them go all in on that. Just and like I would love to see De'Aaron Fox there. That's who I want. But. This could have all been resolved months ago but, if they just called knows? Sacramento. Who knows? Kings fans, That's... I know you love De'Aaron Fox. We love De'Aaron Fox. But your team drafted Davion Mitchell in the first round, and there's going to be an odd man out in that backcourt, and I don't think Tyrese Halliburton is that odd man out. Nope. I think it's that... Get De'Aaron Fox to Philly, man. I think it would be really fun. <laughs> I think De'Aaron Fox becomes Donovan Mitchell-esque if he goes to uh, to Philly. But Yeah. That's all hypothetical. God, I love De'Aaron Fox. All right. Me too. The next team. This this next team, I think, was the hardest team for me to pick a spot for doing mm-hmm. my Eastern Conference projections. Uh, the Toronto Raptors. I could see them falling here. See them here. But ultimately... I ended up with them in the lottery again. And I simply think it it has a lot to do with this team is now, I think, fully committing to a rebuild. But I don't think they know if they're fully committing to a rebuild or not. You know, it's like it's like we can all see it, mm-hmm. but the franchise doesn't know if they are or not yet. It, it's just right. like this weird, I think we're doing this, but what if we're not? So I I think that just oh what's the word i'm looking for um non-commitment is gonna be what leads to 
their downfall and leads to them kind of picking near the top of the draft again next season. Yeah, I think that the fact that Goran Dragic came out and said, I don't think I'm really playing for Toronto this year. Yeah. I think that's kind of a sign that we should be putting him more in the lottery instead of the 6-8 to eight seed. Yeah. I think if Goran had intentions of going there and fighting for a playoff spot, then he would have came out and said it. And correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen him say anything to the effect that he feels like he's going to be playing for them or anything like that. So Yeah. I, I, I think it's just... It's a matter of time. It's a matter of time before Goron's down in Dallas. Uh, it's yeah. just, uh, It just feels like a foregone conclusion at this point. Yeah, I fully agree. Uh, can Real quick, can we get a temperature check on Pascal Siakam? How are we feeling? $33 million a year. I 21 points per game last year. The only thing Is he that here? I think the – here's let me tell you why it was so hard for me to peg the Raptors. Because – and I think this is a very valid point that people have been making about this team. This team had to play all of last season down in Tampa. They were never truly at home, and that does take a toll on players. How much does this roster benefit from being back in familiar surroundings? Because yeah, two seasons ago, back in familiar surroundings, Siakam was on a tear. Right. And then they went to the bubble, and like the fact that he was... Like, the fact that they had to go to Florida was the excuse, though, in yeah 2020, no, right? Or, like, in 20... It's kind of just a... It's been just like, one one long mess for the Raptors. Yeah. Since they've had I just, to stay in Florida. They had to go in Florida and stay in Florida, really. So, I... I would love... day, to, like, yeah. how... Like, Florida has been kind of the scapegoat for a lot of their it's fair. losses over the last year and a half. That's fair. So you, I'm just saying, you like yeah. In the bubble, like Siakam was really bad and we yeah. were just like, yeah, but he's in Florida away from his family. Meanwhile, every other team was like, we're in Florida away from our family. Okay. Locked I, I, in. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like so is everyone else and I definitely get having to play having to play all road games is like undoubtedly difficult. Like yeah. there's no denying that. Um but you know, does that does that mean you shoot below thirty percent from three because you're playing in Florida for every? I don't know. Um, it's fair. I I think he's a good player, but like right now he's their player, like their number one guy, and I think he probably needs to be around their number three guy, like he was for the title team when it was Kawhi, then Lowry, then Siakam, and I think that's probably where he fits. So I think that this team is probably two guys away. And I'm nervous that Scotty Barnes isn't one or two. So Yeah. All right. I think he's well, I think he's more of their their Patrick Williams kind of guy. Um but yeah, I think lottery is where I put them. As you th- well. so you think they kind of you think they goofed not taking Jalen Suggs. I like I, I agree. Suggs. I agree. I I that made it sound like I was gonna be like, oh, uh, no, I I agree. They they no. I, yeah, I I feel comfortable saying that and do it, Mike. Yeah. For real, yeah, yeah. All righty. Well, we have one team left, the Washington Wizards. All right. Uh I mean, this team was in the play-in last season. I really do think they had a semi-impressive off-season for the return they got for Russell Westbrook. Um, that being said, I. 
still think they land in the play-in again. Okay. Um, roster doesn't necessarily excite me. Um, I also just feel like, you know, this is Bradley Beal's swan song season in D.C. If he plays. If he plays. Um, so it just... <laughs> I don't know. I again, I think the play in is where this team ends up falling and it just kind of boils down to I don't think they are more talented than any team we have above them. No, <laughs> that's and I think they're, my, that's my basis there. I think they're a notch above like Orlando. The pro, they're a notch above Toronto, but they're also clearly a notch below the other play in teams in my yeah. opinion. I agree. Um they're they the, have Bradley, Be- yeah, Bradley Beal on their team, who was the second leading scorer in the whole NBA last year. Like that is worth saying. Yeah, but also, is he playing? Um, we don't know. We don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't see the point of uh, of getting the vaccine if you still get sick. I would just say, what's the point of scoring thirty points a game if your team's gonna suck? Um, I mean that. <laughs> Well, how about that? How about how how's that? <laughs> What's the point of the, if you still get sick? Why take the vaccine? If you're still gonna suck, then why score thirty? I don't know, cause it's helpful for the, everyone, right? How's that for an answer? Cause it's just good to do your part and score your thirty. Now just get out there and score your thirty, please. See, so we can play basketball. Oh my god, that's all I got on that. Jesus. Oh my god. Um, Dan Witty is a nice addition. You said it. What they got for Westbrook is impressive. And really, what they got for John Wall was Westbrook, and what they got for Westbrook was impressive. So, what they got for John Wall was impressive. Was impressive. And so, it's really good work by their front office. Yeah, been a bad front office. Um, but it's good. I think, uh, I think Rui takes another step forward this year. I don't know if he's necessarily like the guy kind of thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think this team, you know, is is worth competing if uh, if Bradley Beal wants to pony up and uh, and do his part. So yeah. let's see, uh, let's see you get out there and do your part. Score thirty for the team, because if you don't, you're not gonna play. Yeah, and got on him. Yeah. And on that note, that that concludes our Eastern Conference tier list. So let's let's run through it one more time. I would, if if we can do this, because this is gonna bother me, if we can organize them in their tier. I can't. It, it oh, won't you let can't? me. Yeah, I can't oh, okay. like, move. Oh, it does let me. Oh my god. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so you want to right. down here? So this is so fine. the heat. So I would say the heat would be. Yeah, I think probably that. Yep. Okay. I like, I like the heat. Yeah, and then yeah, wow! Look at you, you got this. I'm on it, and then you're doing great. Probably this. Yeah. I love it. And then I, this. I love it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here's uh, for those listening on the podcast. If you've made it this far, because oh my, we are at an hour and forty minutes at this point. Kudos to you, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Title favorites: We have the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks. The three to five seed. We have the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Atlanta Hawks. In the six to eight seed, we have the Chicago Bulls, the Boston Celtics, and the New York Knicks. In the play in, we have the Charlotte Hornets, the Indiana Pacers, and the Washington Wizards. 
In the lottery, we have the Toronto Raptors and the Orlando Magic. And then the 14 percenters for the Eastern Conference, the Detroit Pistons, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. After hearing that, Kyle, how are you feeling about this? That's it. Book it. That is true. <laughs> that is not a prediction. That is actual fact, and that is law. So It's going to be written it. in stone. Um, let me ask you, Kyle, are there any teams that you have, let's say, below the 3-5 to five seed mm-hmm. that you could realistically see being like the shocker team that just kind of finds their way. Think like the Hawks, like found their way into that three to five seed last year. Any team from six to eight down that you could see jumping up. Um, I have two that would stick out. Okay. I'm going to say one. I'll, I'll ask you the same thing. If you don't pick them, then, uh, then I'll go again. Okay. Uh, I would say the Celtics because they have that top end talent. As much okay. as I don't love the pieces around them, Tatum has been there. Brown has been there. Those guys um, can kind of just go supernova and can really carry a team. And because of just that ability for them to pop off on any given night and every given night, I would I would say that they're the team that has potential to kind of just shoot up because it is a superstar league. Okay. I would probably say I think the obvious answer would be the Bulls. Yeah, um, yeah. for me, I think that would be an obvious team that I mean, obviously we have them at the top of the six to eight already, um, so it wouldn't shock me to see them end up in here. I'm gonna circle back to a team that it was tough for me to peg. I think Toronto, not three to five though. I think Toronto could realistically find themselves in the six to eight conversation. Okay, um, this is kind of just everything falling back into place for them and. I again just something about them being back in Canada for a full season just I don't know I can't underestimate we the north it just yeah. fe- it feels it feels like it could happen for them um were the bulls your other team Kyle they were not um okay. I just feel like the top 5 are so solid and mm-hmm. I think that you really nailed it with the bulls with you know some early season I think that they'll feel each other out I think they'll go and just like blitz the second half of the season yeah for me i think that like this year's new york knicks could be the charlotte hornets i like that i like I think that the hornets lot. i think the hornets could be the seventh seed um comfortably and i think that like if one team falls to injury i think they could go up to six even i i think that they're uh they're gonna be sneaky and uh yeah it, it, i think that that's like you know kind of their top 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 potential and uh a lot of things would have to go right and go wrong for other teams but yeah well, I'm hornets. well that is that is it you you see it or if you've been listening on the podcast you hear it let us know how you feel make your own tier list i will put a link to the exact tier list that we used in the description of the podcast i'll put it in the youtube description we would absolutely love to get your tier list. Send them to us at 48 Minutes Network on Twitter. Shoot, put them down in the comment section below, even if you just want to write out your tier list. We would love to know where you think we messed up, where you think we could have done better on this. All feedback is welcome. We'd we'll absolutely love to hear your thoughts. Kyle, you got anything else for the people before we go? That is it. Appreciate you guys hanging out. It's been, uh, it's been a minute since we talked to you guys. 
And yeah. uh, appreciate you being here and hope you enjoy it. Yeah, and really excited for this season. Again, we are back on Friday with the Western Conference edition of this. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, please, 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 five-star reviews. Give us a thumbs up. Tune into the next episode. Subscribe to the 48 Minutes Network in general. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up for this season between us, the Bench Mob, as well as the At Large Bid podcast for the NCAA stuff. Um, it's going to be a really fun season on the network, so we really hope you're along for the ride. We are here every Friday, so please tune in. We have a lot of cool stuff this season. Have a great rest of your night. We will talk to you later. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Shot Callers. Make sure to subscribe to the 48 Minutes Network wherever you're listening to your podcast and leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. Also be sure to give us a follow on Twitter over at 48 Minutes Network. I'm going to stop and give you all the love I